What's up, headbangers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram, and at our website, talklouderpodcast.com. I'm Metal Dave, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. And today's guest is joining us all the way from Poland, we are excited to have Bart Gabriel with us today, who is a big mover and shaker in the underground metal scene. Jason, you want to yeah, uh, resume a little bit? Well, you you could go to bartgabriel.com, which we will mention again uh, in the episode. Um, he's he's a, a basically a, a music manager, a production manager. Uh, he remastered the latest reissue of The Gods Made War by Militia. Yes. He has worked with Juggernaut, San Antonio Slayer. Those are the Texas bands that he's um, had a hand in uh, doing things for. Uh, but there is a slew of bands that he's, that he's worked for um, and done things. A lot of it is underground heavy metal. He is a, uh, a heavy metal enthusiast. Um, him being in Poland, he has uh, definitely made his mark and uh, does things for, works for, isn't very involved in all of the uh, the European heavy metal festivals. Right. Uh, a big one would be the original festival, Keep It True Festival, which is based on traditional heavy metal, classic classic power metal, and things like that. Um, his wife, Marta Gabriel, fronts the band Crystal Viper. Of course, they are on his uh, roster. Uh, he has worked with uh, a lot of the New Wave British heavy metal bands you may have heard of, Tigers of Pantang, uh, Satan, um, a lot of American bands, Jag Panzer, uh, and so forth. And uh, I've known about Bart for years and have only, we've known about each other for years and years, but only officially met a couple of years ago at the Keep It True Festival when I was over there with uh, South Texas Legion. Um, now, the, the cool thing is, is he's just like we are. He is a heavy metal enthusiast. He is a, a great guest for, uh, for, sh for shows like this. And I have to, I'm not trying to call him out, but he, when I first approached Bart about being on the show, he wondered why I, you know, he's like, well, which band or which band do you want to interview? And I was like, no, I want to interview you. <laughs> and he couldn't, he couldn't, couldn't understand it at first. Yeah. Uh, of course, he, and then once he realized, he was like, oh, okay, wow, that's kind of cool, you know. Um, because I just think that putting people like him in a spotlight is because uh, there's no agenda or anything. It's just a conversation, and it's just I want people to hear about this regular guy uh, who uh, just loves what he loves and created a way for him to uh, be involved with the the things that he that he's passionate about uh, that uh, that he can you know help promote a band or manage a band and help the band do because not everybody in a band let's say you write great songs and but you don't know what to do with them right you don't know you know there's no you don't know anything about pre-production you don't know anything about management you don't know about how to get your band uh, on a label or how to get paid at a gig or 
get much less get involved with playing uh, any sort of touring uh, of, or even a European heavy metal festival. Well, Bart Gabriel knows all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, he's been involved since he was a young kid, starting with fanzines and then writing for different uh, heavy metal magazines over in Europe. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome our friend to the Talk Louder podcast, Mr. Bart Gabriel. <laughs> Bart, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, of course, of course. So we uh, we've been talking about you behind your back for some time now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> well, we here. Here's. I'll just be honest. You, you, uh, you, and I have known of each other for many, many years. Of course, that's correct. And we. Uh, have been a little bit in touch for years is correct yeah, yeah um and there are and there are reasons why um you are especially nowadays and maybe in recent just the past few years you're you have a management company you have uh you you do mastering you have done reissues for classic uh, heavy metal bands, uh, new wave of British heavy metal bands. You uh, you have quite a nice roster that includes, you know, people that you've worked. You've worked with San Antonio Slayer and Militia, which is right here in our backyard. Mm -hmm. you are, yeah. and that's that's enough of a reason right there for for us to <laughs> want to yeah. to uh, give you a big hug. Um, but but all of the other things like like uh, Satan and Jag Panzer and Tigers of Pantang and um, uh, you know a lot of new wave of British heavy metal uh, bands that that basically a lot a lot of people grew up listening to that uh, are big you know uh, the reasons why you know dumbasses like me and Dave have a show so we can nerd out on this kind of stuff and you are a perfect guest so so thanks again for having me so uh I want to I'll I'll get the ball rolling when uh, where where are you from where are you calling from right now from Poland from from the southern part of Poland close oh. to the border with with Czech Republic okay 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 wow so uh it's it's nighttime over there well, almost it's eight p.m., so it's not really nighttime yet, but it's okay. Okay. it's like that. Well, it's I just had lunch. Dinner time. So. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we just had lunch. So uh, nothing. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> nothing to speak of. Some cold leftover pizza. Nothing to. Oh, nothing, nothing to not, brag. That's about. not good. <laughs> so, so you being uh, in Poland, uh, is, is it your hometown? Did you grow up? Actually, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. So growing up there, um, ha tell us tell us what got you into uh, extreme music, heavy metal, hard rock. Tell us tell well, us how that a young Bart Gabriel discovers. <laughs> I don't know what you discovered. Tell us about your first hard rock heavy yeah. metal band and and what got you kind of going. Well, for, first first of all, I, I wouldn't call the bands I like. I was growing up with extreme metal because I was uh, gro growing up with, with all the classic stuff like, like Maiden, Priest, Black Sabbath, Tin Lizzy, Scorpions, and, and of course, the new wave of British heavy metal. Mm -hmm. 
And the very beginnings, I would say it was around 89, 90, something, something like that, because I'm 41 right now. So mm -hmm. I, I was I was the kid and I was discovering uh, discovering uh, bands in our local music store because I've seen all those great album covers with monsters of them. I was uh, a nerd that, that was into, you know, computer games, into uh, horror movies, horror books. So, so when I saw all those cool monsters on the covers, I said, okay, this is heavy metal. This, is, this looks really cool. Except that uh, I was uh, really deeply involved in all those, all those uh, heroic fantasy stuff and books and movies like, you know, Conan the Barbarian, or, books of Robert Howard, of Michael Moorcock, and, and so on. So it, it, it all simply clicked because, you know, you have fantasy, you have swords, dragons, half-naked chicks, of course, and uh, all, all, all that classic stuff. And it was going hand-in-hand hand with heavy metal. So this is probably why it started. How it started, I just, you know... First of all, my dad was very much into music. He, he always had huge record collection with all these 70s, 80s stuff like Pink Floyd, like Queen uh, and stuff like that. So less or more, this is, this is what I was listening to when I was a kid with, without choosing what I wanted to listen. But then I, I discovered on my own bands, uh, uh, I mentioned like Priest, Maiden, Except, Man of War, for example, Tunisi and Merciful Faith, King Diamond, all that stuff. So this mm -hmm. is how, how it started. Yeah, I, I want to chime in and say all of the, I like how you sort of circled it all under a classic, you know, the name mm -hmm. classic. If you had to put anything that you just mentioned from your father's, what sounds like an excellent record collection, uh, all the way to Merciful Fate. Uh, when you think about the, the, the nucleus or most of the bands that you mentioned for the time, and even in, if you went back to someone who's a little older, such as me and Dave, that is extreme. That is the harder music. That is the darker music. And it's, it's themed still. I, I will interrupt you. I know okay. what you mean, because even, even back then over here in Poland, it, it wasn't really shared into, you know, black metal, death metal, trash metal. We all were listening to metal. It was heavy metal. You were, you were, you know, I don't know, wearing a, a denim jacket with Slayer patches on it, possessed and stuff like that. It was all heavy metal to us. Yes. So, 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 so the, the, the same with the term power metal. When people know they say power metal, they think about, I don't know, Blind Garden, Halloween, Gamma Ray, or, or something like that. For me, power metal is Savatage, it, it, it's Malice, it's Leech Lord, and, and I don't know, Riot, for example. This, yeah. this is my power metal. So this is a little bit different right now. You know, when, when you will tell someone that, that you're into extreme metal, then, then what kind of uh, of bands they are thinking of about, I don't know, Cannibal Corpse, D-Side, or, or black metal stuff. But back right. then, everything was metal, everything was heavy metal. Yes, yes. And, and uh, I, I really, I like that you use the word classic, um, because all of that's kind of still coming from one place, and it's blues-based rock music. And until they started putting everything into little boxes, even over in America, it, everything was just rock and roll, and or then everything was heavy metal. Soon as it started to, that term started to gain foot, right? So, so that term heavy metal 
didn't really, I feel, uh, grow legs, as some say, in America until the late 70s or even early 80s. I mean, uh, when they were playing Crazy Train on the radio in 80 or 81 or whatever that was, you know, they still weren't, the radio wasn't, all right, time for some heavy metal. You know, they weren't saying that. It wasn't really a household term as of yet. So it was still rock and roll, even by the early 80s, in some markets in America. Uh, let's keep going. Dave, did you have a question? Yeah, I, I wanted to ask. So, so Bart, you, you, you were exposed to this type of music as a kid, and you're obviously very passionate about it. But how did you then take that passion for this type of music and turn it into a business? Tell us how you sort of launched the business side of what you do. Very good. Well, obviously, it took a couple of years because sure. I had to finish school and stuff like that. But actually, in my case, it was like that, that when I was like 14 or 15, I learned what the term fanzine means, that you can run a magazine, but it doesn't need to be super professional and all. And, and and like that, so I started doing uh, a fencing with my brother. Later, couple couple years later, uh, I actually joined uh, Polish Metal Hammer magazine. I was 90 years old when, when I started to work professionally as a music journalist. I was working for Metal Hammer magazine. I was working for them for like two years. Then uh, I, I was arranging all my interviews myself. I was passionate about it i was contacting bands i was i was writing to labels and all of that stuff so i got my name uh, going around pretty quickly so after two years in, in metal hammer magazine i actually started to work uh, as a freelance freelance journalist for for magazines from japan from holland from greece from uh, from germany for example so, so i was working for for as, as a freelancer for all those magazines and at the same time i was discovering a lot of great bands that to say so didn't really have so much luck or better weren't uh, you know running things like they should run so i said okay perhaps this is something for me and less or more at the same time when, when i was doing my first frenzy and, and so on i was at a motorhead live show it was 1997, I think. Yeah, most probably yeah, it was Motorhead show, and I somehow got, got backstage. And of course, there was the band, the, the the gear, and all that stuff. But there was one guy over there who was telling all the other people what to do. You go there, you do this, you do that. And I said, okay, so someone is running all that circus. I want to be that guy in the future. So actually, actually, that's that's funny story. But I can say that. In my case, professionally, everything started from the Motorhead live show because this is what I said, okay, this is what I want to do with my life. This, this is my world. This is my cup of tea. I, I, I want to do that for, for, for my life, yeah. Wow. So, so you saw the stage manager. You saw, I think so. It, 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 was, it was either tour manager or, or stage manager. Yeah. 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 yeah, usually someone who's calling the shots sort of like on a stage, it's making sure the crew is getting everything ready. Yeah, tour manager, production or, manager. Or some, manager. some random asshole that just wanted to feel good. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you never know. Yeah, yeah that's somebody, usually me when I go to a show. I'm back yeah. there telling everybody what to do, but nobody listens. Back there me. throwing yeah. rocks at people. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. So, so you got... 
you, you launched your company uh, in, I, I think your website said 97. Yeah, and this is the official start, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you get started in 1997, and how many bands are on your roster? Because I was scrolling through, and I had to take a break and come back, because <laughs> you've got a lot of bands on your roster. How many do you work with now? Or have actually, you? actually, when, when it comes to management, uh, I have right now only five bands, so it's not that much, but uh, you probably saw so many names. Because I often work with bands on managing some projects. For example, the band uh, needs help with uh, managing uh, the, the press promotion, or they need help with promotion of the new album. They, they need help with producing the new album and finding a label. So it's not that I'm, I'm someone's manager for, I don't know, like five or 10 years. I help them with the, with the stuff they need at the moment. So this is one, one thing. And this list that, that, that probably you are mentioning with so many events, this is probably the, the discography because right. uh, at the same time when I started to work as a manager and when I launched my promo, promo agency and management agency, I started to work as a record producer. So yeah, it, it, it would be a few bands on this list. A lot yeah. of a lot of the bands uh, mentioned on the roster very well could be, or and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, directly involved with some of the tribute albums that you have put together and compiled and released on your label. I mean both yes, so yes and no because I didn't do that many tribute albums, just five, like six. And when it comes comes to 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 bands I work with as a producer or. or where, where I was responsible as a, uh, for, for the mastering of the album, it's more than 200 uh, albums right now. So yeah, yeah that, 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 those are a little bit different numbers. The truth is when it comes to tribute albums, it's usually younger bands I work with. Mm. And okay. when it comes to remastering and reassuring someone's uh, material, then it's usually older bands, the, the bands from the 80s. What are the, the five bands that you're managing currently? It's Crystal Viper from Poland. It's uh, Hex from the United States. It's Heavy Load from Sweden. I, I'm kind of helping them with, with press promotion, so it's not really that, that exclusive management. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm working with two Japanese bands. It's Metal Cipher and Sabbath. I'm also okay. helping guys from Twisted Tower Dire from, from the United States. And a couple of days ago, we actually didn't announce it yet, I think. No, we didn't. We, we also signed a deal with Medieval Steel with another American heavy metal band. Very good. Now, now for someone who, who may or may not know, and unfortunately, a lot of people, including myself, may not know material by these bands. A lot of these bands... Um, I've heard the names of before, but haven't like researched them or sought them out for whatever reason. Um, what what is the so so that sort of array or rainbow of bands you, that you're currently uh, seeing after things for uh, one way or another are are they? Would you say that they're more power metal than they are extreme. What what kind of what kind of songs are traditional these? heavy metal, classic Pre heavy metal? Correct. Okay, cool. Um, I feel like that's 
a focus for you or you do you feel oh, yeah. like you're drawn to a tr- to a traditional like like bands that would play keep it true yeah exactly okay yeah. that's that's what i yeah. thought i didn't want to assume anything yeah. because i sort no, of the, go ahead the, the thing is I, I i'm a fan i mean i'm the enthusiast of the entire heavy metal culture for me it's way more than, than just a music this is you know the the brotherhood uh, bands music meetings festivals there's so much going on around heavy metal, and I love. I, I'm. I'm. I can list bands from probably every every metal genre that that I really like. But the truth is, I started with traditional heavy metal. I started with classic heavy metal. So this genre, the the very traditional heavy metal, has you know very special place in my heart to say. So th- this is my music. This is where I belong. This is where I feel the best. So. This is probably the reason why why most of what I do is somehow connected with traditional heavy metal with with classic heavy metal. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna get off uh, off uh, course here just for just, it's not even really off course. But why do you feel? Because I've always thought um, I've I've always let me start with this. I've always felt like uh, in Germany, seemingly especially, but in Europe. Uh, just to generalize a little bit, I feel like um, the culture, the heavy metal culture, is uh, more vibrant and active, uh, and the fans seem to be to the death. I feel like um, the term battle jacket, you know, the the, the vest with all the patches yeah, yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, people just see the the back of someone's jacket at one of these shows, and they're learning about heavy metal. Oh, I need to I need to get that patch, or oh, I need to look that band up. Or these guys, what are these guys all about? I feel like this conversation starter by going by. Let's talk about the battle jacket for a second. When you when you think about it, and I learned this years after the fact. I just thought it was a cool you know thing to wear at your to the show to to look at my jacket i'm cool right but it's more than that it's more than a conversation starter it is your umbrella it's your pillow it's your blanket it's your tent it's your car it's your winnebago it's your it's it's your it's a it really is not just a badge of honor or badges of honor it is it is your where you've been and where you're going as a fan for life and I feel like um, in America, uh, heavy metal fans or self-proclaimed heavy metal fans don't necessarily have that giant of a, of a metal heart uh, for what it is that we're talking about. Why do you feel, you personally feel like Europe is so infatuated with the idea of just heavy metal and festivals and the lifestyle? Uh, compared to I, America, compared to America, it, it's it's hard hard for me to to compare it to America because I, I've never been to the to the states. I know a lot of great bands. I know a lot of a lot of great people from the states, but I've never been there, so I can't really compare. But it's I would say it's not exactly as you said because I know a lot of fantastic people that probably don't have even one T-shirt with with, uh, with, with metal band. They they look totally random. You would never say that that, that a guy that that you you just passed on the street is a diehard metal fan, but you might 
you might be surprised how big is his record collection. So it's not always like that. It's not that, that all the people like, like, like to wear, you know, T-shirts and, and patches and battle vests and, and so on. But uh, when it comes to festivals, especially the Keep It True you mentioned, it's, it's uh, less and more like a huge family. It's yes. it, 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 it's this brotherhood, and uh, when people go there, it's sometimes it, it's sometimes fun because sometimes it's not even exactly about the music, but it's about the the entire experience, about being there, about being between people like you, uh, between people who think similar way to you, and uh, you, you know. It's something like, like I would compare it to to a situation when I was in, in in a high school. I had just one or two friends who were into metal, and we didn't really care about the others, about the outside world, because we had our own world, our own things to discuss. You know, we were going to live shows together and so on. And in case of Keep It True or similar traditional heavy metal festivals in Europe, you have all those single guys, all those high school guys like, like, like me. They just meet in one place, so it's it's like like a mecca, you know, for 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 heavy metal fans uh, uh, from all over the world that that they all meet in one place. So you might have this uh, this idea that why it's so big in Europe, but you don't uh, have uh, all those guys. You, you know, you, you won't meet them uh, on the street or on a regular day or something like that. They, they're not wearing battle jackets. No. It's hard to recognize who, is a, who really is a metal fan and who isn't. But yeah. in case of Keep It True, everyone is super proud, proud about it. We want to show, you know, his T-shirt or, or patches or something, or something like that because it's, it's like coming home for, for all, all those guys. So, so the way you're describing, and I've never actually realized or, or thought of it this way, um, I, I can only say I've been to Keep It True the, the one time. I was, I was scheduled to be there twice, but uh, in a short story, it was Watchtower and Alan took my place. So uh, I'm not bitter or anything, but I, I feel it's, it's a wonderful feeling to just be able to... to to be there, but I want to use the word convention. This fits what you're describing. Yeah, where yeah, it, it's a exactly. big family. It's a convention, and like you, you go every year, no matter what. And that's sort of the mindset of the uh, the family that attends. Yeah, it's, it's like Christmas, Halloween, uh, and your birthday party all at the same time. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. and that just sounds so in, incredible t for for a heavy metal fan, even for a first timer. Or just even someone off the street, like a regular person, mm -hmm. just wandering into it. Like these people are happy. <laughs> these exactly, yeah, are, yeah, yeah, exactly. These people are are in their moment. This is a this is, uh, you know, and someone just off the street would would probably learn a lot and probably be welcome. In fact, I know yeah. they would be welcomed by anyone there because it's such an element of of you know what it is. It's love. It's, I agree. it's love. Absolutely. It's love. 100% love. Yeah. Um, you know, to backpedal a little bit and to say that America doesn't have that mindset, believe me, uh, and you've got two Americans in this room with you that are by the, you can tell that our room probably looks like your house. You know, the room. Exactly. Looks yeah. like it's I the don't same. want to touch my camera right now, but something like that is right here. 
right here, yes. right behind me. So yeah. So 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 this is happening globally. Mm-hmm. There are, which is the reason why there's a Talk Louder podcast because we wear it on our sleeve. This is a place for for nerds, for rock and roll and heavy metal nerds to come and like. And and hear people such as yourself talk about what's going on and why why they are and and how they've made it work for them, without uh, you know by in their own way, and uh, yeah, I think that it's I think that it just it's perceived that Europe uh, in general uh, has more of uh, of that fanaticism, but it's just more spread out in America, I guess, to to backpedal a little bit. Yeah, but one thing probably worth mentioning here is one more thing about Keep It True. It's a German festival. It's happening in Germany. But you can hear all the languages over there. You have there people from from the States, from America, from New Zealand, from Australia, from all over Eastern Europe, from absolutely everywhere. So it's not only about Germany. It is Mexico, South America. uh, Yes. Exactly. There there are no borders, no, no skin color there. No. No, no religious. We're we're just all happy, huge happy heavy metal family over there. Yeah, it it's yeah. it's an amazing experience. I feel like the other festivals over there are are feeling the same way. But I feel like you've given me even more insight on Keep It True. It being very traditional. Focus yes, on the, the, the truth is Keep It True was the first one. Uh, Keep It True is the oldest from those. Uh, ah from those you know traditional heavy metal festivals all the other festivals were were trying to either copy keep it true or were inspired by keep it true so keep it true is 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 is, is the one that that started all of it interesting so so uh Vakken and bang your head for instance uh those are open air festivals that are after yeah yeah but yeah. you uh, on both fucking open air and bang your head festival uh, you have all kind of bands black metal death metal True. gothic yeah. uh, and you you name it in case of keep it true this is as the name says only this true traditional classic metal yes yeah, yeah very yeah. clear bart when i was scrolling through your roster of bands that you've worked with um obviously being from texas i saw a few names that i recognized and uh I wanted to ask you, uh, for our listeners, uh, you've worked with uh, Militia, Juggernaut, S.A. Slayer. And I wanted to ask you, is is there something about Texas metal bands? Do they have a common characteristic that appeals to you? Or was it just sort of some random coincidence that you ended up working with those those particular bands? I'm, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, that's an interesting question because there is probably this uh, this kind of common element when it comes to Texas metal. Probably there's something in water over there or, or, or something like that. But in, in, in this particular case, it, it was like, okay, I, I want to work with another band from Texas. I, I try to work with the bands I like. I, I try to rediscover bands uh, from, from the past and bring bring them uh, to people to share their music with the people because in 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 my case this is uh, the, the most important thing when uh, when I work with bands it's not about you know making money or about I don't know getting more popular because let's face it bands like Militia or Jagarna well. I would love to say something else, but they're not Metallica. They're they're not Maiden or Priest, so they are, of course, yeah. the underground heavy metal heroes. So 
I respect that. I love it. And I want to, to work with bands like that. I want to help bands like that. And yeah, so, so that's probably a coincidence that, that, that I was working with, with three bands from Texas so far. Well, you, you did, you had a hand in this oh, yeah. record right here, uh, Militia's yeah. uh, And the Gods Made War. And uh, you, you basically remastered this album. Is that correct? It's not. <laughs> it's not. Okay. What was your involvement? What was your involvement well, with this record? Well, uh, I was I was in touch with Mike Solis, with the singer from Militia, and yeah. we started talking about uh, reissuing the old Militia material. So first, we started with uh, reissuing the compilation album with all their demos, the the first EP, uh, and all those ray tracks. And from one word to another, I was aware that they have this. Uh, self-released album from from like 10 or 12 years ago i'm not i'm not exactly sure when it came out something like 2001 2002 something like that mm -hmm. but it didn't sound very very well but uh, we were starting we started to talk about it and mike told me that he actually has all the tracks uh, from this all the studio tracks or the reels or the or the separate instruments you know from from this recording session so I said, okay, let's give it a try, send them to me, and we'll see what we can do about it. And what we did, so what I did with, with one of the sound, uh, sound engineers, mixing engineers I usually work with, we completely remixed this album. We, we, we had access to all the original takes, all the takes that didn't land on the first version of this album. So it was completely remixed. Uh, we used some different takes, uh, we, we put this album brick by brick from the beginning with totally different mindset. And uh, when, it, when it was mixed, uh, then, then I was doing the mastering of this new material. So this is why we wanted to give it new album artwork. We wanted to give it new title because the, the previous version can be considered to be a demo of this, uh, of this album you were, you were holding in your hands. Right. So it's not actually only remastered, it's actually go, going back one step, uh, you know, more uh, and, and doing brand new mix, doing brand new production, and then doing new mastering of this material. We, well, whatever you did to it is... It it's sounds a great. It's a it's a favorite of ours now, and I I think that just using the word rejuvenation, it doesn't even begin to say what you and your uh, your company uh, have done to these songs. Um, I want to show off a feather in my cap by way of I was. You know, it's no secret that me and Mike Solis are, he's my, he's my best friend for uh, over 40 years, 40 years plus. And um, it's kind of interesting to be able to say I was there when they were making that new Militia record and um, I wanted the best for this you know, it was all original guys, and then it didn't work out that Phil Shea could play drums, the original drummer, so Mike did all the drums. No surprise to yeah. me. It's a big surprise to a lot of people because they don't realize Mike Solis yeah, yeah. is a very efficient heavy metal drummer. Um, 
And uh, so my my point was when I heard what they were the the what they were calling a final release. I was concerned that it didn't sound much better, and I'm using your words now, a demo for And the Gods Made War. And I wanted them to, earlier on, I was like saying, you know, I feel like you guys should go over to Stuart Lawrence, you know, uh, the Bat Lord from Igniter, and at least record the drums over there, and then do your tracking um, maybe you know they were they didn't have a lot of money as you know and they they were literally making the record by the seat of their pants they didn't have money to spend as a group as a band to uh to 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 get it even a little more of a money sound you know to have a you know so it's it, if people would go and listen to that the record before and what you in your company has done with this it's night and day Yet it's the same, um, I'll just say, it's the same shit. It's just been completely coddled and, and pet and reworked from the ground up and, and, and watered like a plant and really uh, given focus. Well, and- it, it's all about the songs because it, it, it wasn't me play, playing there. It wasn't me, you know, singing. We weren't replacing everything. We just took the, the same material, the same rough yes. tracks uh, as they were and, and we were we were simply doing our best but the songs were there it's it's yeah. all about, it's, it's always about the songs it's all yeah. always about the, the the music yeah you got that point. right Great the songs point. were the songs were there i just felt like as mike's friend i'm going i, I you know what blood what chalice do i drink from who do i worship who do i pray to to make this get off the ground and have a little bit of a better sound because the songs were there because it sounded like militia because i feel like jesse viegas's guitar riffs are the sound of that old militia that old thrash metal that old sound that i be i I feel like dave was asking you is there something in particular in a sound that is involved when you listen to a texas metal band especially back from back then yeah. Is there something special about it? In my opinion, it's in, for militia. Um, it's that it's Jesse's guitar riffs. Yeah, not to not to throw shade on anyone else in militia, but Jesse's. You know, his riffs are something that are remind me of I don't know early Merciful Fate, and they're they're mixed with uh, Megadeth kind of a uh, Dave Mustaine kind of a thing. I, I really feel like. There was something there. Anyway, you you are correct. The songs are all there. Let me ask you about your wife. How did you guys meet? Uh, was it at one of her band's shows? Or please elaborate. And we should we should tell people that that Bart's wife is in a band called Crystal Viper, correct? And she that's she, correct. She, yeah, she fronts the band, lead vocals, and plays some guitar. And I saw she's credited as playing some bass on some of the recordings. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, just wanted to throw the band name out there so we know who we're talking about. But yeah, back to Jason's question, Bart. Tell tell us how you met your wife, and how you became involved in that band, and how you you guys got started together. 
My wife uh, is a singer, a vocalist, guitarist in Crystal Viper. And it's actually a funny story because we can see that Crystal Viper is li li like a child of us because I met Marta at a, at a local live show. She was fronting some, some local rock band and I was managing another band at that time and I offered them an opening slot to, to, to be a support act for the band uh, that I was managing at the time. And they, then we started to meet often. We, we started dating. And a couple of months later, the, some, some things weren't going as they should go with her, with her band. And she decided to leave that band. And we sat down, we, we, we started to talk about it. And we said, okay, look, you are a vocalist, you are musicians, you write songs. I manage bands. I produce bands. I have my own agency. Let, let's you know join forces. Let, let's see how it goes. So so actually, th this was the beginning of Crystal Viper. I was helping her uh, from the from the very beginning to to complete the lineup. Uh, that I, I came up with, with with the idea of using the the, the name Crystal Viper because. Uh, the, the, this, this name was was showing up uh, here and there. Uh, we, we wanted to launch some kind of project for it, so we said, okay, if if Marta is going to launch some project with other other guys, with new guys, uh, let's name it Crystal Viper, and we will see how it will go. And after a couple of years, after you know trying trying playing with some other local musicians by something like I think it was late 2016 when the first official lineup of Crystal Viper uh, got crystallized to say so and yeah th this is how how it started the first lineup was that was the one that that recorded the, the debut album and when they recorded the debut album we, we signed a deal uh, with a label from Germany a small label called Cartago Records and Actually, I was there when things things started when when Marta was, you know, playing with with those those local guys from here. We were trying to find right musicians that could that could complete Crystal Viper lineup. Yeah. Yeah, and I have to admit, I wasn't familiar with the band until we knew we were going to have you as a guest, so I did a little research, and I was surprised, actually, how long the band has been around. There's a number of albums out and a, mm -hmm. a, lot, of, a lot of videos on YouTube, so uh, anyone that's listening to this show, I would encourage you to you know look up uh, Crystal Viper, see what you, see what you think, because I was, I was pretty impressed, and I was surprised that the band has been around for so long, and I, and I hadn't heard of it. So Yeah, we are old. <laughs> well, you're not as old as me, so. <laughs> or Jason. So I, uh, I, I want to throw this out. I, uh, when I say Savage Master, what do you mm -hmm. think of? What do you think of Savage Master? Yeah, I know who are they. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The, this is the, the band I was working with a couple of years ago. I. Mm -hmm. We can say that that I, I discovered them because someone sent me their, their demo. I signed them to my label, Skull Records. They are and, to be to be clear. It's backpedal a little bit. The they're mm -hmm. from this band is from Lexington, Kentucky. From from Louisville. Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. Thank okay. you. Yeah, Louisville. Thank for, yeah. Thank you for exactly, clearing that exactly. up. Okay, so yeah. how did you come about a demo or? A, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty long connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell us a, exactly the play by play within a maybe five minutes how you how that kind of worked because 
you took them from Louisville, Kentucky, America, and made them almost a household name in the underground heavy metal scene in just a couple of years. Tell us how that went. This is a great story, I feel like, going to be, anyway, that tells everyone what Bart does. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if if this is really that original story because it's happening all the time. It's happening with many different bands, with different people. In this case, of it course. was the regular situation that I simply heard the demo. I liked that. I contacted the band. I said, hey, I have this record label. I kind of specialize in traditional metal, classic heavy metal. This is what I could do for you. This this is what I offer. And from one word to another, we we signed the deal. I released their first album, then the EP, then the single, then the next album. I brought them to Europe for for the tour because I I saw what is going on. That the band is really good. They are they are serious about what they are doing. So I said, okay, let's try to push things harder and. I, I was managing Savage, Savage Master for some time. I brought them to Europe. I organized uh, the first European tour. It was shorter. I think it was eight or, or nine shows, something like that. But it was it was quite successful. And yeah. Wow. So tell us also about your work with Night Demon, because that's another pretty long connection, I think. Is I mean, how did you come up upon them? There, there actually was no regular, you know, connection between uh, between me and I. Even we are friends. We are friends with Jarvis because he was playing at the Keep It True Festival, and I'm I'm usually at Keep It True Festival helping with bands, taking care of, of hosting the bands, helping them with with with, with some staff orders. So this is this is how how we met, and we had some common friends in. Uh, I'm sure you know we are familiar with a band called Seared Angle. Yes. Jarvis Jarvis was a diehard fan of, of Sir Dangle and so was I. So this is probably this 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 common platform for us to connect. And of course, uh, f- few years later, Jarvis became uh, the, the the bassist for for Sir Dangle. He brought them back for good, and and uh, I was more involved with, with Sir Dangle than with Night Demo. My my only connection with Night Demo was, was with the band. Was that I was doing mastering of of, of one of their CDs and, and actually that, that's it. But in case of of Sirius Angle, I, I was my my relationship with, with Sirius Angles go back goes back to to the nineties because I was writing letters with, with members of the band. I was doing a, a website for them many many years ago. Then uh, when, when they returned, uh, I was asked to do mastering of the of the ratio of their album of Paradise Lost that, that was released by uh, Metal Blade Records. I think like two or three years ago, I was asked to to restore and to remaster their very first recordings from the 70s. So yeah, the, the, there's a bigger connection with with Siri Dango than with Night Demon. Don't get me wrong, Night Demon is absolutely great band i i love them i'm their fan and everything else but but to 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 to, to be exact i i wasn't really working that much with my demon i, I want to go back briefly to what jason was talking about earlier with savage master as a as a metal fan here in america who sort of you know pays attention to what's going on in the scene and, and in the underground i gotta say savage master 
came on my radar a couple years ago, and the profile has only gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. So whatever you're doing with them, and as you I'm say, not, I'm not doing anything because we are not working together for like three or four years already. Oh, okay. Well, well, you you laid the groundwork then <laughs> for whatever. Yeah, success. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We were working together around the time they were doing the uh, first two studio albums. Uh, after we, we split, they did uh, one more studio album, as far as I know. But yeah, we, we, we're not working together anymore. Okay. All right. Well, uh, the, let me let me ask you as 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 a producer, as someone who uh, produces and masters, and you know, basically does a lot of studio work behind the scenes with these various bands. Is there is there a producer out there that that you look up to that you sort of admire? Because we've had episodes on the Talk Louder podcast where we did a whole episode on Martin Birch. We often talk about Bob Ezrin on this show. We've talked about Jack Douglas. Um, are there any uh, producers or engineers or people behind the scenes that you sort of would try to model yourself after? Yes. <laughs> Actually, there was because Chris is no longer with us. But if I would need to list only one name, it would be Chris Sangaridis. He was producing Judas Priest, Finn Lizzy, Black Sabbath, Tigers of Pantank, Rock yeah. Goddess, and, and you name it. And I had this luck to, to know Chris. He actually, we, we were joking. We had this inside joke going that I was calling him my Jedi Master because he was obviously like 25 years older than me or, or something <laughs> like that. But he actually learned me a lot. He, he, he was... He never had a problem with telling me his secrets, his methods. We, we met a couple of times. I, 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 I was, you know, when, when I had some problem with some recording session, I stuck on something and I couldn't do. I was catching myself that I was, okay, what Chris would do in this case? How, how he would resolve the situation? Situation. So, yeah. Chris was my, my Jedi master, the, the, the number one producer when, when, when it comes to, to all my you know work ethic, my, my work methods and style. Of course, I will never be that cool as, as Chris, but I'm doing my best. I'm trying. Wow. Well, that, that's a great role model because his resume yeah. speaks volumes. I mean, wow, he's done a lot of incredible work. So, yeah. Just curious. I wanted to know, because a lot of the times, you know, the people that we have on the show are actual musicians and they obviously have their influences. But somebody mm -hmm. like you who works behind the scenes, we're not always privy to what might be your inspiration. Mm -hmm. So let me let me ask you this, then, um, as, as somebody who's primarily a traditional heavy metal guy, um, is there anything in that record collection behind you or that CD collection behind you that we would be surprised to find? Do you listen to other genres of music besides <laughs> metal? Well, well, you wouldn't be really surprised uh, by, by looking by this between the CDs or the vinyls that are around me because I keep all my heavy metal in this room. But uh, actually, I have another record collection with all the extra stuff. And I'm sure you would be surprised by finding a lot of non-metal stuff because I'm I'm not probably even able to list all the other genres I, I like to, to listen to, be it blues uh, from the 20s, 30s, be it uh, classic rock, pop, be it, be it movie soundtracks, classical music. Yeah, really, really a lot of stuff. 
I, I think that's I, I was I was I was listening to Robert Johnson uh, this morning, the, the the Delta Blues collection. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that speaks for for itself. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I think a... that's something that that the three of us probably share in common. I think anybody that's passionate about music is 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 usually passionate about music at large. It, obviously, you have a, a particular preference, but. Um, it's been my experience that someone like Jason or myself and now you, even though we kind of have a primary focus on things that are hard rock, heavy metal, uh, we all have an appreciation for other genres of music, too. And you can often find some of that stuff in our collection. I think Absolutely. That, you know, I think that, that Headbangers, just to give us a name here, um, have those guilty pleasures to, to use what I've called, what I've I re recalled David. Uh, Metal Dave using in the past guilty pleasures being other kinds of music you know most people who think about they they see or find out you you like heavy music they don't think that you that you like jazz or pop music or right. you know like that you don't listen to Devo and the Cars or yeah. something or Leonard Skinner or, or the Beach. something or Dire Straits yeah dire exactly yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> Um, which is which is this far away from Thin Lizzy, you know, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the um, yeah, they don't. I call I say they like they're outcasts and they're not. They just I just feel like there's a lot to learn about uh, heavy metal culture and the enthusiasts within. Um, back to Robert Johnson for a second. Maybe you know this. I don't know if you're an, an archivist or or. Uh, know a lot of the uh, if you're a buff uh, know a lot about Robert Johnson I there's a rumor that he recorded a lot of his songs in a hotel room in San Antonio yeah. I didn't know that <laughs> not, yeah not not far about an hour from where me and Dave are uh, that's cool Dave, Dave's from San Antonio but I feel like it was there's a legendary story and forgive me I don't know the the uh the lore or the 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 uh, the truth behind you know what the what actually went down, but supposedly there is downtown San Antonio. There's a bunch of hotels, and there's an old there's a, an old old hotel there, and somebody took Robert Johnson down to San Antonio and put him in a room and gave him. I don't you know this is where it gets a little you know weird but supposedly they did something like they gave him a hundred dollars and a new pair of shoes and a bottle of whiskey and they had a, re a real to real recorder and they mm -hmm. pressed record and they said play everything you know and they gave him you know a pair of shoes 100 bucks and a bottle of whiskey and a pack of smokes <laughs> press record said play everything That's amazing you know. and he and he did in a hotel room in san antonio it just sounds legend it's a legendary story that i've been hearing off and on for years and what brought it to my attention which i'm really not that shocked or surprised when i actually heard it was that john mellencamp john cougar john cougar mellencamp who's from indiana and you know, he's a blues buff he knows everything about blues he recorded a, a an album for the most part live the tracks are recorded live in the same hotel room like he sought out the hotel, the exact hotel room that Robert Johnson recorded all these songs, 
And he's brought in mics and a recorder and set up in this tiny little hotel room and recorded everybody. And there's, I think you can see some of the, they filmed some of it. Uh, there might even That's be amazing. A, a documentary <laughs> about it, about John Mellencamp making a record live, you know, recording the tracks live in the same room that Robert Johnson recorded, like what could have been 30 songs. Yeah, you, you know who's going to know this is our friend Frankie Nowhere, because he is way into this type of music, and he would know that. And when he hears this episode, we'll we'll ask him. We'll yeah, ask him right now. Leave a comment and let us in know. In the comments, if, in the yeah. comments, people feel free to to put whatever uh, historical yeah. value uh, and knowledge you have on the things that you hear, and correct us. If I'm wrong, I'm I'm used to being wrong. You know, uh, <laughs> no, I'm okay. I've I'm heard okay I've it. heard being I've wrong heard is that how, story. I've heard that story before. I think there is some truth to the fact that Robert Johnson did some recording in a San Antonio hotel room. Uh, and I want to say now, now I might be going out on, on a limb here, but I want to say that Dave Grohl might have told that story in one of his many film projects or documentaries or something like that. And that I could be off base there, but I have heard that story before about Robert Johnson in the San Antonio hotel room. So you, um, It was the John Cougar Mellencamp story that brought it to my attention i have to be honest because he was telling the story about how the you know the reason why i'm going down to san antonio to make a record in this little crappy hotel room yeah it's because robert john you know because robert johnson's ghost is living in there and yeah. i want to go there you know <laughs> yeah so uh there's probably places that as you well know in new orleans and chicago you know where Streets where gangsters were shot down, you know, where all of this legendary uh, American folklore uh, will inspire an artist to be creative somehow. And I think that yeah. that's a, amazing. So, Bart, not, to get, not to get off topic, but you said Robert Johnson, and it, every time someone brings up yeah. Robert Johnson, I want to talk about that story. Cause I, it's I, I, if you don't mind, I would like to add something over here because Please. we're talking about, about Robert Johnson. This is this mind-blowing fa fact uh, that, that I keep on reminding myself from time to time. Uh, for 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 my heroes, for the bands from the uh, from the eighties, Priest, Maiden, and all those classic heavy metal bands, guys like Robert Johnson uh, and the, the the blues artists from thirties, from the thirties, forties, they were forty years behind them. Right now, we're in 2021, so there is the same time difference between us and the 80s. So, so when guys in the 80s were talking about Robert Johnson and, you know, artists from the 40s or 30s, it's like the new guys right now who are into heavy metal are talking about Judas Priest or Iron Maiden. Because yeah. this is this is forty years, and it was 40 years. It's mind-blowing, actually, so because... Yeah. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of frightening, actually, because it makes me yeah. realize how old it's I am. It's crazy. <laughs> I absolutely love it, and I think that it it goes to show, uh, you know, how passionate we are and what we have our the seeds that that were planted in our in our hearts and in our minds when we were young people listening to music, and we're the fact that we're on the edge of our seat, getting excited to just even tell. Yeah. Uh, as we say in America, sometimes campfire stories where we're just having a round table, right? Where we're talking about all of this really cool stuff that we, that's very tangible. That's very 
I can hold it in. I feel like I can hold it in my hand. It is so real. Um, and it's there's you know there's of course there's holes in in every legendary story. We don't know if the guy get if Robert Johnson got a hundred dollars, a pair of shoes, and a bottle of whiskey. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, right? But it sounds cool, and <laughs> it, sounds it, adds, great. it adds to the story, and it makes it tangible. It makes it real, and it makes you think about the reason Robert Johnson thought it was a good idea to follow this white man down to San Antonio and record everything. And and I think that the the white man that did that owned a radio station and stole all of his music and exploited his music, and here we are talking about it. That's the sad part. But uh, if it wasn't for Robert Johnson, there would be no rock and roll. I agree. Yeah, and it's this and is where be... where it's where it's all coming from. The the rock, the metal. The, this is if we want it or not, or if some people want it or not. This is where where it all started. Yeah, this yeah, is no. this is the true roots. Yeah, the minor, the minor scale, the guitar riff made up of the minor scale, the minor chords. Um, yeah, you could go on all day about that. Uh, Bart, who are you currently wor working on right now? Which one of your artists are you? Are, are you? Are you? Are you in the studio with anyone? Are you? Are you pushing one of your artists? And who? Who are they? What's going on with you right now? Well, uh, first of all, I'm. I'm these days I am mostly working on the next releases on, on my two record labels so because we have new releases coming out on, on both Skull Records and on Iron Oxide Records except that uh, we're doing new recordings with Crystal Viper because we are preparing something extra we, 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 we have this recording session actually we're in the middle of our recording session because we're supposed to finish this week probably we won't but we are supposed to so yeah i'm, I'm mainly focused on, on the stuff from my from my labels and on crystal viper i'm also preparing next tribute album because this is something you were mentioning before it took it, it took a while and I wasn't doing any tribute album. So it's, it's about time to, to do another one. I'm almost, almost finishing this project as well. A few weeks ago, I, I finished new album pro producing and then mastering new album for the, for the American band called Firewolf. This is, this is really, really good, good classic heavy metal sounding power metal sounding band. What are, what are they called again? Firewolf? Firewolf. Yes. Like wolf, like a dog, like wolf, yeah. fire, wolf. Okay, yeah. just to be clear, what a, that's a cool band name. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it sounds well, like an Indian name, like a native Indian thing or something. I am fire. Yeah, well, they have wolves on, on the cover artwork, so so probably the, this is where it's coming from. Very yeah, this is, this, this is a real, really cool, cool sounding album. I think you, you, you might enjoy it if you like stuff like Q5, like. Uh, like I don't know, Quinsrich, Lizzie Borden, Melis. This is down that alley. Yeah, yeah mel melodic metal. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. American metal. Yes, I, I wish. Uh, I, I I wish you luck with Crystal Viper because I I feel like uh, what I what I heard and saw on the videos uh, when I was listening last night. To me, that's a band that has a lot of potential for for an American audience because. Um, I'm listening to it, and I think about all the European bands that that 
uh, that gained an audience in America. You know, the Judas Priest, the Scorpions, the Iron Maidens, the uh, you know uh, Saxon bands like that. And I hear elements of that in in, uh, in Crystal Viper. And so I, I know in in this day and age with money and logistics and everything, it can be very difficult to get a band uh, to gain exposure in another country. But I think if America, if if the opportunity was there for American ears to to hear this band, I think there would be some potential because I, I've seen it happen before with other bands, and I think they have those similar elements. I agree one hundred percent. I think that um, the the material that I've heard uh, to piggyback on Dave, it seems like, and and also the visual. Uh, Marta is just cool looking. She's a pretty lady. She's very obviously very talented singer, guitar player, songwriter. Um, and the that, videos are well done too. Yep, yes. that triple guitar attack, a triple guitar attack every once in a while, I think is also a thing. And I think that um, you you know, and I, the funny thing is, is I've replaced two female singers in two different bands. And I've st- I still feel like, as far as heavy metal goes, there's not enough f- still uh, female-fronted heavy metal bands, if not all female heavy metal bands. So the fact that it's a full package, I think that uh, there's something very cool about you know girl power, but even set that aside, I feel like if you're a good heavy metal band, you're a good heavy metal band. I don't yeah. care if it's dogs and cats on stage playing it. Yeah. Uh, I, f- I feel like uh, Crystal Viper is a full package. Yeah, um, it goes back to what Bart was saying earlier. It starts and ends with the songs and Crystal Viper yeah. in my opinion has the songs, you know. Yeah. The the yeah, rest of it is the rest of it is icing on the cake, but uh but they definitely have the songs that would appeal to American fans that fell in love with Judas Priest and Scorpions and that sort of thing. Right, to piggyback again, I think that that uh that since they did not uh, recreate the wheel, you know, the fact that it's it has these elements and these things that we all love as heavy metal fans, that's another reason that it's uh poised for for something more. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. we wish we wish you and Marta luck on Crystal Viper for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I have one I have one last question for Bart. I, I wanted to ask him uh Considering what you do, again, going back to the producing and the mixing and the mastering and all that stuff, what band is out there that you would just kill to work for or work with? Oh, there are many. (laughs) Give me three. Give me three. No, it would be quite easy. Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, and Metallica. Okay. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That that'll do it. <laughs> that, that sounds like a wish list. Yeah, I I, I believe you you you're you, you suppose I will tell some obscure bands you you, you never heard about. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I thought there might be one in there that I might be surprised by, but uh, yeah, those three it's pretty hard. Uh, you know, it's like if you asked me what what band would I want to you know roadie for. <laughs> <laughs> no, to, 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 to be totally honest, it's not like that, that, uh, you know, I'm choosing better bands or, or worse bands to work with. Uh, I always have this kind of enthusiasm with, uh, within me and I try, uh, you know, to, to discover something in all the bands uh, I work with. So, uh, of course, I mentioned some of the biggest bands because who wouldn't like to work 
with the biggest bands, but I, I enjoyed exactly the same if it's huge band with, you know, 10 albums or if it's, uh, you know, young band with, do, doing their, their first album, I have the same energy, I have the same passion for it. it it's, yes. it's all about the music, about sharing music with the people. That's why you're good at what you do. I agree 100%. Right there. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, hey, Bart, this is, uh, this will be our final words. We, uh, let me be the first to tell you again, thank you very much for hanging out with us today on the Talk Louder podcast and uh, giving us some insight as, uh, as a fan all the way up to, you know, as a music producer, management company, et cetera. Um, uh, before you, before I hand it off to Dave, I would like to make sure that you can answer me now. And, and just for the record, uh, your, your website address and social media tags where people could look you up and find out and, uh, listen to some of your artists. Yeah, it would be probably the best to go simply to bartgabriel.com because this is, this is the, the central point for, for all the stuff that I do. So. This would be the probably the, the 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 most important page. And there's a bunch of different links there for them to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a store. There's. I, no, I mean, I'm not that important, but but it has links to to all the brands I work with. So this this is probably more important. Right, than me. right, right, right. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Dave, what you got? Uh, nothing. I just want to uh, echo what Jason said, Bart. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a pleasure. I learned so much in the last uh, 24 hours just researching you and your wife and uh, and your and your your business and what you do. And uh, as a metal fan, I love people like you who are in the trenches making it happen and uh, you know pushing the genre and the music that we love in ways that a lot of people don't have the talent to do it, but it needs to be done. So thank you for being. Well, actually someone has to, and and, uh, let me add that this is exactly what you are, what you just said. It was one of these driving forces. Why, uh, why, why I do what I do, because there are so many great bands out there. There are so many talented people, so many amazing musicians out there. There are just few people who know what to do with them. So, yeah, right. This is what I do. What I do instead, you know, instead of you know trying to play myself to to start a band or something like that, I I prefer to to you know to work with bands to push them whenever I can. And this is what it's all about. Yeah. You know? Well, thank you for what you do. We appreciate it. And uh, with that. I'm Metal Dave Glessner signing off on another episode of the Talk Louder podcast on behalf of my co-host Jason McMaster and our very special guest all the way from Poland today, Bart Gabriel. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you very much. 